But as time has gone on, we've discovered that we need to... Oh, market's changed. The market now is you need to show it in its true life because people don't want to get there and get disappointed. So yeah, yeah. technology's improved, things have become better. Like we've got the tools now to really showcase it in what it what its true to form life is. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a real key aspect now of how we market properties and how we shift people to, I guess, trust us to be able to buy a house off the internet without looking at it. Going one, going quiet, sold. You're listening to The Property Pod. All right, everyone. Welcome to another edition of The Property Pod. It is the second one for the year and I'm excited to be joined here at the desk by John McGregor at we're actually flying solo this week, John Mack. Yeah, exactly, because it's we're one down from the room, but I believe we're one one extra for the for the office, I believe. Yeah, yeah. so we're super excited. Aaron and Sarah have actually brought a new baby into the world, a little baby boy. Yeah, man, that's awesome. Henry, I think, isn't it? Yeah, Henry, well, that's correct. He announced it to our Facebook group last night, so super excited for the family. Super excited to get him on the mics one day. I'm sure he's got a lot to say. Yeah, well, I, I was I was even um I was super excited when he announced it as Richie Benno, but then you know declined that and put back into Henry. He's like, oh, Richie, Richie would work. I reckon Richie would be, you know, that'd be all right. I'm uh, glad you read his message in Facebook <laughs> the same as I did last night because I read it and thought, oh, Richie, what a great name. And then Abby's come home and she's like, oh, Aaron's got a new baby, Henry. I'm like, no. what are you talking about? Richie. <laughs> <laughs> so it shows that we both read the message really well last well, night. And, but and, and this is why reliance on text messages is not always appropriate, at least because <laughs> you, you always misread or read into what you want. <laughs> exactly right. But as much as we'd love to talk about this exciting news of the new Property Pod family member, we mm. do have some real estate to talk. Yeah, yeah. Lucky, like always, Nino has prepared some stuff for us. Yes. And I have to say, yes, I'm glad he has because, you know, it's hard enough for me working the buttons, but it's even harder for John and I to prepare an episode. Wouldn't you agree, John? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't rely on that as a... <laughs> Uh, a guarantee, put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought this year, or oh, I didn't think, Nino mm. thought that, you know, COVID's officially hit Tassie. We're getting case numbers pretty regularly now and yeah. we're basically now part of Australia. You know, we're no longer Fortress Taz like we were. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I thought it might actually be a really good opportunity to take a look back over the last 12 months and have a look at how the pandemic has affected how we buy and sell real estate in Australia Mm. and the different technologies that always existed but not necessarily were used on a day-to-day method. Yeah, exactly. Well, I suppose in Tasmania too, um, for anyone who's familiar with it, it's always that, look, we need your signature on the piece of paper. So you have to either physically see the property or you need to to sign it, otherwise it's not legitimate. Uh, And there's just been a change in people's way in which they approach either making offers, inspecting properties, applying for applications. So, um, you know, we were very protective in the sense that you needed um, like that physical site or a physical signature where now it's just relaxed in a big way because it it had to. Um, You couldn't protect it so much. Well, I think that's exactly right. We've had to become more fluid. Mm. And I think everyone has become fluid in all industries and, you know, even though buying a house is such a big investment and a big asset, like we've just had to to sort of adapt like everybody, I guess. And mm. it starts right at the photos, like mm. right at the very beginning on how we market properties. Mm. Mm. I know personally me when I'm getting a property ready or market or talking to a vendor at an appraisal, it's about explaining to them that if the internet allows a feature to go onto it, we should include it in this marketplace. Sure. That makes sense. Yeah. And I guess what I mean by that is just all the different elements. Like obviously everyone does photos. That's pretty stock standard. A floor plan these days is pretty stock standard. Mm. But if they're going that little bit extra and adding some extra things that, you know, they're available to use as tools, so why not use them in this marketplace? You're talking about like the videos, the 3D tours, that kind of stuff? 
Yeah, definitely. So, you know, let's start with drone photography. It's pretty, you know, it's a buzzword. Everyone likes drone photography, but what does it actually do? Well, probably on a residential property, not a huge amount, but maybe on a rural property, it it allows you to sort of see the entire surroundings of the property. You can Mm. outline the the boundaries to show where property sort of starts and finishes, so to speak. Well, one we had up at the top of Glenorchy, which was like 80 80 to 90% of it was old bush, um, but the government overlay wasn't great, um, but you still had like underlying um, potential roads that would go through that block eventually that was on the title. So at least when we had a nice clear picture of the drone shot and then could actually you know sit there with the purchaser and map that over what was current, not seven, eight years ago or something like that, that was for them to be able to see, okay, um, yeah, I, I, that's where that walks. So, okay, so I walk in this direction, walk in that direction, I can come back around. Mm. So they didn't, didn't just get lost in the bush and then um, turn into a missing person's case. <laughs> <laughs> and look, drone photography, I said a moment ago, it doesn't have any place in residential, but when you've raised that sort of example there, like it's great if you've got a property that is close to services. Like maybe you've got an elderly couple looking to downsize and the home's you know, two blocks from the doctor surgery or the chemist and it's walking distance. Being able to map that out and show people how close mm, mm. Well, I think is a huge advantage. Well, I mean, the other the other thing too, the reliance, I mean, Google Maps is an insane technology, mm. but it's still not today. Yeah. Um, and it's that uh, where the a garage could be, you know, could be added or, um, you know, the grass could be a different colour. Or the, it, it, or the roof could be in a completely different condition. Mm. Um, in the end, people, as much as they try and rely on the past, need to know what's current. Yeah. Um, and the true full vi- visual representation of that makes sense. And I think you've... Sorry. I think you've just raised a, a really valid point into another different technology we use in the way of Matterport tours. Mm. Like, photos are fantastic, but they only show you what the photographer wants you to see. Yeah, yeah. And in a, in a day and age where we are now where... Borders are closing, opening. People are worried about getting on flights to be able to come inspect a property in person. Mm. A Matterport tour allows you to walk through the home like you're physically in it. Mm. And I think that can be a huge advantage as well. And spend the time staring at all the corners and trying to find all the things wrong with it. Yeah, ex- oh, exactly. And even more so just getting a really good sense for it before you commit to to viewing the property in person. And on the other side too is because this, we obviously we had the what, proven the fastest selling state multiple times – that when people only had 15 minutes to walk in through a home and then they weren't granted a second inspection, at least they could view it before on the day and then go back home and continue to view it now that that 3D tour starts to make more context and better sense. Um, So you can have 30 inspections if you want on the property um, on your desk at home, whereas it's just you don't have that freedom in person. It's funny you say that. I'd never actually thought about it like that, but that's a great way to sort of explain to the purchaser the value of the Matterport tour. Mm. For me, I also thought about it a different way. Like as we get more cases here, people are, they're getting a bit nervous to go out to restaurants, to bars, to just general places. Mm. Like gone are the potential days of going on Saturday and going to five or six open homes one after the other because people are nervous about that aspect. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So I think the Matterport allows you to really hone in on what it is you're actually after in a in a property mm. and then, you know, you can you can cut that potential sort of, big shopping list down to just a key couple that are really interesting you so that you can minimise the amount of properties you're 
you head to on a Saturday. Absolutely. And the other thing too, I don't think people notice is that you can actually, it's got a measurement tool in that. Oh, I love because that Because, you know, they'll be like, oh, can I, um, can I bring the measuring tape? And it's like, well, they've actually got it on the 3D tool and do that. Like, no, 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 I just want to bring my tape. And then they got the tape wrong. It's like, well, if we just use the tool in the first place, <laughs> it would have been fine. But, it, it, but the, the, you know, the accuracy of that, it's like what, 99.98% or something? Oh, I think you're about spot on there. It's 99.9 stupid. something stupid. Like, yeah. in other words, what you see with your eye is what it is in real life which is what i think the real power of the metaport tour is yeah so you can just copy paste your couch onto it um which you know, not silly as it sounds um, well you know you laugh about that but aaron and i we sit in a lot of conferences digitally at the moment because we can't attend them in person and we sat in on matterport one recently and that's coming you'll be able to go and get your fantastic furniture couch off a drop down and actually physically put it into the room to ah, see how it'll fit. I love that. I love that. <laughs> well, it's coming from us. Like my partner's got just a stupidly big leather couch that she loves and it's you, it's hard to find places that actually fit it. I know mine doesn't, but it's like, we've got the couch. It's a good couch. Don't get me wrong, but <laughs> sometimes you can just see people who just bought the wrong size couch for the wrong house. At least to be able to sit there and map that on there. You know, a lot of people too can't visualise very well. So mm. um, I think that extra level of security where you are um i mean take our um rental properties for example i know in hobart it was a common thing to say look you had to inspect it personally or someone had to inspect it personally on your behalf and again those two things have just been taken out of the equation so all Mm. that's left really is these 3d tours and so for us relaxing the um what would you say qualifications to be able to apply for it and then giving the people the extra tools to have a little bit more confidence in doing it. And if you could sit there and do the 3D tour and attach your furniture into it, um, oh. that helps perspective. You're like, okay, good. Now I can go with this with confidence. Exactly right. It, mm. it really just helps nail down exactly what the home's current condition is, what its potential future is. Like, mm. It really does help you get a better understanding. But, you know, there's some amazing tools around showing people what a house is like, but then you really do still need to get to the traditional inspection. And there's been a bit of a change around that as well, I've noticed, and I'm sure you have too over the last 12 months, mm. around two sections. One, how you actually book into an inspection, mm. and two, mm. how it can actually be conducted these days. Mm. So I know here in our office, um, not so much at the moment, but for a while last year we were actually doing online bookings where – we'd be able to give people access to our calendar and someone yeah. could then look yep. and say, well, I'm available at 2 o'clock on Tuesday. John's available, then great, mm. and booking for that inspection. And just those little tools I think have definitely helped as well being able to get people booked in for an inspection. Mm. But also then just moving into like video tours, for instance, is another thing that's really taken off. Well, I mean, we one thing that was I thought was interesting, that I still don't have an answer for it yet, <laughs> but the... The I never have answers usually. I just find things interesting most of the time. <laughs> but the, the, there was the the pre booking element was had a much bigger uptake on the rentals than mm. it did in the sales aspect. For sure, was still a requirement of a, uh, a, a physical, you know, not a physical, a phone call before the person would commit to it. It was there was very a much smaller uptake on sales we found than rentals. Who knows why? Um, but I mean, we had one that sold in South Hobart, and that was. Um, this was like an application of all the digital tools that we're referring to because he was, um, the client was moving from interstate. Um, he couldn't get, couldn't, couldn't get down here. Um, and then the owner was in the, on the other side of the world and so he couldn't print off and sign documentation. Um, and so therefore we had to use the, the, um, the photos, the video, the, you know, the um, FaceTime viewing the 3D walkthrough tour, and then we had to do through 
the DocuSign for the contracts on both ends of the on both ends of the spectrum. And it wasn't until the like two days before he actually got the keys was he in a position to to view the house. And luckily, um, it was built bigger than what he thought he'd bought. <laughs> and so we undersold the property and he was excited when he got here. Yes. But in the end, like he, he said that the bedrooms felt a bit small, but he knew what he was getting into. Yep. Um, and that I think is the important part about digital marketing, that's di- honest digital marketing, um, especially I suppose with the way that we do our photos here. It's that they're representative of what the actual room is, not super wide-angle legends, which is going to make the person super disappointed. Yeah, and I think that's a key thing that people need to understand is that you're right. Probably five or six years ago, a lot of real estate agents did try to make a room feel better or bigger than what it was, and mm. they'd used trick photography to do so. Mm. But as time has gone on, we've discovered that we need to – oh, market's changed. The market now is you need to show it in its true life because people don't want to get there and get disappointed. So yeah, yeah. technology's improved. Things have become better. Like we've got the tools now to really showcase it in what it – what its true to form life is mm-hmm. and i think that's a real key aspect now of how we market properties and how we shift people to i guess trust us to be able to buy a house off the internet without looking at it i think that's the big key because it's not a means that people want to do it you know it's 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 more so of have to do it mm. um and if we if we do yes yeah, so honest digital marking at least there's um for their sake there's not going to be as much hesitancy and as much worry on top of already what is oh, my God, what the hell am I getting myself into? Because it's like our client. It's like, again, it wasn't because he wanted to do it this way. It's because it was a necessity to do it that way. Mm. Um, and so um, if we can use those resources to help it as easy um, and as easy it can be for those guys to have confidence in it, well, that's phenomenal because that's in some ways what you would use a, a buyer's agent to do to yeah. a small extent. I'm not going to um, do a disservice to the other elements that they do, but you're basically – giving it to someone to say look do you trust that i would enjoy this Mm. like yes well hopefully then if you don't have that don't have those resources well you can hopefully get 90 percent of the way there for yourself yeah and i think they're like as good as the tech is just that video inspection if you can't inspect in person you can't hide anything in a video inspection no like you can try potentially but as a purchaser walking through the house of an agent you're in a position to say hang on can you you turn back to the left i need to see oh no there's nothing to see here no i need to see what's in that corner i I can't turn left i'm I'm, I'm an ambi turner like zoolander sorry i can only turn right well turn right 400 360 degrees please But that's what I mean. Like we can still do the the inspection. It may just not be in person. So we can get people to zoom in on stuff. We can get them to double check rooms for us. Like we can really still get a great sense Mm. of what a house looks like. And then so, you know, technology has allowed us to promote a property more true. Um, Videos allowed us to show people through a property easily without the need to see it in person. Mm -hmm. Like the next thing that I've seen that's probably changed and I'm sure or I know you've done it as well is just how we obtain offers on properties just to minimize the risk of how long we spend with a potential purchaser in a room mm-hmm. so something that we've implemented here at 414 and i know some other agencies have started to implement is like offer forms rather than a, a full sign contract sure just like an expression of interest form i guess is the best way to describe it is that how you describe it john well absolutely and it's mainly because the Tasmania is unique in the way that it was always the offer must be on the contract and that's the only thing that's going to make it legitimate. Mm. Well, and the idea being that people say it's that's the only legal way of submitting an offer. No, it isn't. 
Um, the you can express an offer in any way you want. We can write it on a napkin and have both people sign it. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like, exactly. Let's be it's, it's just an expression of an offer. It's not a contract. That's two very different things. Yeah. Um, so the idea being that you make that process ridiculously difficult for people when it's already difficult to get there in the first place is just madness. Well, so, on that one thing I've I've seen heaps lately, and it really grinds me the wrong way. Mm is like agents, we're all super busy at the moment because the market here in Hobart's just ridiculous. Mm. We're receiving, you know, multiple offers on every single property mm. and agents have almost got to that point where they're a little bit lazy oh. and so they're getting a blank contract. They're flicking it through to a buyer that hasn't bought a house for five or ten years. Fill it out. If please. at all. Fill this out and send it back to me signed and I'll take it to the owner. Yeah, I need it by tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. Or the, I need it by this afternoon. Yeah. What am I even looking at? Yeah. Adult? And yeah. like they're given a 12-page document with all this legal information on it and they're like, what am I going to do with this? Like exactly. that is a great example of how you make something difficult when it doesn't need to be difficult. Mm, mm. And probably why we brought in our little offer form, which is, like I said, it's not a legally binding form. It's just an expression of interest for us to understand what the is that the buyer is willing to pay and what the conditions behind that is. And cool. it's a conversation starter for us and the vendor. Then if the vendor likes a potential offer, mm. we would then meet in person to go down the traditional path of getting a proper contract signed. Mm -hmm. But I think a lot of people get confused and think that, you know, they have to go through that whole signature process to just have a conversation around price. And we really don't in today's market. Ideally, we'd love to go down that path, but... We have to have that fluid aspect, I think, when presenting offers and obtaining contracts at the moment. Well, I think most, generally speaking, if you most most people probably just don't want to spend the time on it, which is fair enough. Mm. I wouldn't. It's like we all know what we're doing here. Um, can we have some commitment that's going to move this process along quicker? Um, and so that idea where you can actually just because once once the commitment, you know, the agreements have all been agreed to, well then okay, let's go get the let's go dot the I's and cross the T's and get the signatures on the documents. And at least then um, so, you know, I've had maybe, I couldn't tell you how many we've done through this process now, but I might have had one person that had during the, you know, this offer commitment process, stage you'd say, um, withdrew. Hmm. So it happens and it, it may change in a, like in a, if, if the market flips around again, where it goes to a very much a buyer's market as opposed to a seller's market, who knows? Yeah. But um, I mean the 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 fact that it's only happened once that if I can I don't even know how many here anymore is to me enough data to say hey look this is a pretty damn good process yeah definitely and it's just making it easier and mm. what works today may not work in twelve months time mm. but we work in the moment and and that's what we need to all remember is that you know times are different <laughs> I never would have thought I'd be wearing a face mask every day to work yeah, two yeah. years ago but here I am today so yeah exactly yeah I think all I can really say is that I've loved how our team has been able to adapt to the different methods that are available mm. and utilize the tools to be able to help their clients still succeed and create exceptional results well, and that's what probably excites me the most over the last 12 months well and there's another thing too that I thought a story which was interesting was the um, the iBuy revolution that Zillow started in the US. We talked about this last year when, or actually, God, not last year, ago. a couple of years ago now yeah. when I went to Vegas for a conference. That's it. And the obviously two years has passed since then, we'll just roughly say. I want to fill people in because oh. I know we have a lot of like um, long-term listeners of the show that would remember my trip to Vegas and talking mm. to people from Marvel and all these other great things that we got to do. Um, but one of the things that was the hot topic was this big agency or – a real estate.com type website called Zillow. And they had this feature on their website called iBuy, which is a 
thing where you'd click a button, put in your address, and Zillow would tell you using their data how much your house was worth. Mm. And from there, you could agree to that sale price and Zillow, the actual website, would just buy the property from you and money would go in your bank and you're done and dust it, move mm. out in 30 days. Mm. So it removed the need for the real estate agent and it removed the, the stress for the purchaser or the vendor, I guess, because Zillow would buy it, they'd potentially rent it out, they'd renovate it, they'd reflip it and sell it again, but they were taking all the risk on. Mm. And two, it's been going now in the States for two years and there's been a report that came out a couple of other days ago about it. Yeah, well, they've, they've actually canned that entire side of their business. <laughs> Which is amazing because so they the, were it, so confident on it. <laughs> well, it was, it was, it was cool. It, uh, it's worth having listened to the CEO's um, feedback on it because he's quite humble about it. He said, look, it was a risk and it didn't work, realistically. And this is about the how it works with technology. It's almost like an over-reliance on data isn't good enough for real estate because – by the idea, like you said, was that their their tech system was going to be smart enough to be able to determine what is a good purchase that they could renovate and flip at a profit, um, and it just wasn't it just wasn't effective. Mm. Sometimes very very a very small percentage because and then he went on to say is that the challenge with real estate is that the the differences across property per property uh, are massive. And there's like there's there's real estate markets within real estate markets within real estate markets. And you could just say, look, Australia grew by ten percent, but that's why you have some suburbs grow by fifty and some decline, mm. but across the average. And so, what was happening is that if you imagine all those little in Australia, you go oh, real estate.com appraisals, for example, that would just be on that page, and you go right, you take the lowest number and you sell at that price constantly. Is that going to be successful? Well, it just proved that unfortunately it wasn't. Mm. But the other the other problem too is it is a slow um, slow conversion. You've got um, the house sells 30 days later after they bought it and then you've got to get the quotes for the renovation then the building materials obviously then you've got you know availability of labor for local markets and mm. um, in the end it just wasn't a profitable model for them yeah so they had to um, you know remove which I thought was fascinating because that was a huge move at scale um, that ended up proving unsuccessful so yeah. to well, they rolled there, this out to almost 52 states in America there wasn't very many that it didn't actually roll out into it was just, crazy it was awesome it was, yeah. but obviously it um, cost them a lot of money yeah. um, and I think the other thing that they forgot to take into account that becomes really relevant with real estate is the human touch and emotion exactly. a lot of people buy an emotion and mm. a lot of agents will work with buyers to help them achieve their goals sure and unfortunately Siri and Google, they can't do they that. Can't, they, they can't do that. Like, <laughs> All they can do is crunch numbers and say, <laughs> this is what it's worth. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. They, can't, they can't ascertain what the market shift is doing until it's too late yeah. because they rely on those emotional buyers to settle and that data to come through and then that's what allows them to model what a house might be potentially worth. And that's what's so fascinating about real estate as an asset versus a lot of other classes where the share, uh, share price is just going to go in and out and bang, you know, it's, it's gone, but um, real estate doesn't work that way. And that's where all these elements of the technologies, um, you think, oh, you're dealing with bots. Now, at the very end of the day, you are dealing with a person who's on nine times out of ten making an emotional purchase, mm. you know. And if, the, if we forget that, um, there's every likelihood that the, the whole industry could stop to a degree because if the people can't have that, you know, connection with that other person, the trust in them actually buying a property is going to be you know is going to reduce dramatically and slow down that whole point so even though we can have you know they've had that capacity to try and um buy and sell property with the 3d tours and interestingly enough you know i suppose because everyone thought or saw that the prices were rising everyone is just trying to buy it doesn't uh, as much as you know just getting in and moving quickly but if that 
you know, that emotion sentiment changes and, you know, we return to a little bit more of a, a steady market, I guess you could say. Um, will people then um, continue to just to rely on these exclusively and be more comfortable with it? Or will they just, you know, then go back to try and do, you know, slow down and have a much longer physical inspection, which would be interesting to observe. Yeah, well, I guess only time will tell. And realistically, I think that's a great spot for us to pin this conversation. Yeah, man, my, my yeah. thoughts are done. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm really thinking freaking hell without the third person here. It yeah, is yeah. hard to stretch an episode <laughs> together. So, Aaron, we look forward to you coming back. I think he's yeah. away for a month, so you guys are all stuck with us for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. I think we'll try to get a couple of guests in, though. We've got a few staff that are itching at the belt to get back on the mic. So, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll um, have a bit of a rotating panel over the next couple of weeks. And maybe in another two or three years, we'll reassess this topic and see what's changed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Love it, mate. But like always, thanks everyone for tuning in. It's been a quick, sharp episode and I hope you guys enjoyed it. All right. Till next time. See you guys. You have been listening to The Property Pod, recorded and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Property Code. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek then use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information without first seeking qualified and professional advice.